Welcome to the Bookish Podcast. My name is Dimpotepamutlogolwaditao, and I'm excited to be your host today. If this is your first time tuning into this podcast, it's all about connecting real-life experiences to the world of books. If you're a returning listener, thank you for making this podcast your home. Join my friends, family, and special guests as we delve into the fascinating world of literature, dissecting the moments that touch our hearts, challenge our perspectives, and explore the entire spectrum of emotions from the delightful to the challenging. And this podcast is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And we don't do book reviews here. We talk about characters and themes and how we relate to them. And my apologies for my long break. Academics had me, hey? Literally, they had me. They were chasing me. And they were withholding me. But I promise to do a better job at planning going forward so that you can receive your monthly podcast each and every single time on time. And last weekend, I got some exciting news that with only just one episode, we've managed to make it to the top 25 South African inspirational podcasts on the web, and we are number 20. And that is according to Feedspot. I'm very, very excited. It means there is amazing things in store for us as a community. And today, I am joined by my fabulous guest to discuss Nearly All Men in Lagos Are Mad by Nigerian writer Damilari Gugu. This is a book that is basically a collection of 12 short stories and a collection of, a, a collection of 12 stories featuring characters with unique voices and stories that represent class, gender, and an ethnic melting pot that is Lagos. Although the stories are in Lagos, the book is trending across all social media platforms because we have black women across the entire globe relating. Because at one point, we've all asked ourselves verbally in thought, is this man mad? Damilari Gugu, who is the author, has worked as a radio presenter, scriptwriter, film producer, actress, and director. And Nearly All Men in Lagos Are Mad is her first book, and it's a runaway bestseller internationally. I'm going to introduce my guest, the first one who is South African English teacher living in Korea, UCT alumni, previous radio and TV host, hype woman with a name only few can pronounce, and after having tried to say this name for so many years, I hope today's my day. I struggle with your say them now, hey? What do you thought about you? Perfectly. It was perfect. Hey. Also known as Q or also known as Q the Black Rose. She is also uh-huh. a fitness junkie, fitness rabbit. I don't know which one is. Ah, uh-uh. newly, newly anointed. You said oh, newly, newly anointed. Anointed fitness bunny. Yes. <laughs> and our second place. Zandile Mbele. She's originally from Joburg, but now she's a green-loving gym enthusiast and English teacher in South Korea. And she devours inspirational books to conquer anxiety and depression and actually puts their wisdom into action. 
and she's also all about self-improvement and she believes that when she shines those around her get the upgraded version of her and when she's not absorbed in books you can find her whipping up delicious dishes getting arty with paint or simply looking fresh one book that has rocked her world is Laita by Young Pablo. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. It's all about the power of compassion, healing, and self-discovery. I've also read the book, Phenomenal. And she is also a gym bunny and not a newly anointed, a consistent yeah. gym A consistent baby. <laughs> and and now we've established that everybody on the podcast besides me is a gym bunny. Welcome, ladies. I'm so excited to have you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Love it. And ladies, how are you? How are um, you? Yeah, life is lifing. Adulting is adulting. Um... Of course, with a lot of audacities from other humans. But other than that, life is actually good. Um, not going to lie. It's been a rough, I don't know, year and a half until maybe July, August. But since then, life was like really peaceful. So I think I'm doing really good. And also since I joined the gym, yes, that's going to be part of the happiness. Yeah. It's been really like, I don't know, I've been able to manage my stress a little bit better um, and it's just like, I don't know, seem, things just seem a little bit clearer. Obviously, there's parts of life that are still like, oh, we're in adulting. What are we doing? We're almost 30. But in terms of like right now, presently, I'm actually really good. And I haven't been that good in like a while, hey? So I'm good. How are you guys? Well, um, I'm sick, guys. Oh, no. But yeah, I'm catching cold. From Change of season. No, these kids gave me, they gave it to me. You oh, know? yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was well, fine. You, but, you, know, um, you know those yeah. TikToks where they say rule number one, two, three, rule number five, always wear a mask in winter when you work with kids. Rule yeah, number five. Yeah. But, you know, I teach phonics, so they need to see how I move my mouth. But, okay. <laughs> Life has been life has been quite a journey for me, you know, and to be quite honest, for the first time in years, I think 2023 was the best year of my life, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it was the best year of my life. Yes. Point where I think that, you know, a lot of people are worried like, oh, what if I die and this happens? And I'm so content and be like, you know, even if I die, I will die happy. Like, yeah, that's so good. I'm so, I'm so filled with like gratitude and Mm I am, I'm thankful for everything that has been happening in my, in my life. And for the first time in my life, I'm not worried. Like, I'm not worrying about, oh my God, you know, I need money for this. I need money for that. You know, I have been in this self-discovery journey, the healing journey, me discovering what I need for myself, what like what kind of relationships I want to build. This was the year where I made boundaries stronger, you know? Yes. Either you're going to respect my boundaries or you're going to go. And they've been leaving and I've, I've been leaving. Like, I've been like, okay, 
But I'm looking back as if like, you know, a 27-year-old Zendi would have been like crying and weeping and, you know, stressing yeah. over people and, and stressing over like losing like things that don't even matter, you know? Like, so, and I think 2023 was a year where I just lived. I just decided to, you know what, this year I'm just going to live and I'm just going to do whatever that makes me happy. And if it doesn't make me happy, I'm willing to drop it to a point where like I'm starting to be critical about th the things that I do. I question them. I want to understand why do I do that? You know, mm -hmm. just to understand how, you know, what I actually want out of like, like the meaningful of it, mm -hmm. you know, to be, to be like, to be content with what we have and, and be grateful because if you're not grateful for what you have, you can never be grateful for what's going to come to you because you don't have gratitude in you. So for the fact that I woke up today and I'm alive and I still have my feet carrying me to my work, my body's still working for me. I think that's enough. So yes, I'm literally, I'm literally happy guys. I don't want to lie. I'm happy. That's actually the healing. That's healing. That's what, but that's what we call healing for real. Happiness. I love it, you know. And, you know, um, you all have started getting very deep and we haven't even gotten to the book yet. Can you believe it? Exactly. The audacity. I'm, <laughs> the gumption. The, uh, no, it's I'm life. Happy. I'm happy mm. you're both in the places that you are. Um, answering for myself, life has me by the esophagus in this exact moment. It has me by my esophagus. It has me by my tits. Life has me. But also... Uh, I'm in a I'm in a good place. I'm content and comfortable with who I am and where I am in life, and yeah, I'm in a good place. And I think it's important to be able to acknowledge that sometimes um, challenging moments can happen at the same time when life has you by both your esophagus and clit and your titties. <laughs> And all be happening in the same place in one life. But I'm yeah. so excited about life. And I mean, one of the reasons this podcast was started was community. And mm -hmm. I'm liking the community it's creating. And to just get into, you know, the content of the book, I want to uh -huh. know what, what are your favorite stories? One, you need to choose one. And before anyone goes any further, uh, I'm about cut up. Um, yeah. The Why are you fetching me? Because you know I liked it. No, no, no. That's like my one. You know, that's, that's the story. What is, it? what is your favorite story? I didn't catch that. It's cut up. The first the one. The first one. Oh, the first one is just mine yeah. is first time, guys. Mine is no, first time. mine is second time. I go dead. <laughs> <laughs> I will take I will take sidelined. Okay. Okay. This whole book, this whole book was actually quite raw and very much like wow. As much as it's fiction, I feel like all these stories are based on something that has happened or is currently happening right now to a win somewhere or multiple win somewhere because there's no way these are just made up stories. There's absolutely no way. I don't believe it. You know when they say where they smoke, there's fire? There's, there's yes. of truth in these stories. And before we even go to talking and getting into the story actually, I want to ask, what was a moment that has recently happened where you're like, is this man mad? Is he mad? <laughs> 
you know, I need the tea. When you're like, is this man mad? That's <laughs> You think I'm mad. I'm trying to think now. Zandi, do you want to go first? I'm trying to think. Uh, All of these men were mad, actually. You know, no, no, in your life, in, your yeah, life. But, uh, in my life, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, I will take all, like all you guys' time. <laughs> we need one where you know what. Hey, let me tell you. Let me. T- this guy is a South African gent. This is of way course. Oh right? Um. I was 19 at the time and I was, um, you know, I was a virgin and mm-hmm. I, I met him in MTN taxi rink. I still remember. No. <laughs> I, he was working at a call center. He was tall and he was, he was over six feet. He was, he was a gym, you know, and he, he, you know, he was, he looked really good. He smelled good. And I was lost. Right. Cause I live yeah. in the, but I moved to Joburg. It was like, you know, because I was studying New Jersey. I didn't know what was going on over there. My parents just dumped me over there. So I, just, I think I got lost in the CBDs. And then I was, trying to, I was trying to go back home. And then he was like, uh, and then I just stopped him asking for directions. Was, I, I wish I asked somebody else. It sounds like a story from the book we just read, actually. Yeah. But listen, <laughs> so we exchanged numbers and stuff. And I, and then it's like, oh, you were so pretty. Please text me, you know, when you get home and stuff. So I did that. And then I was going home for a weekend. Né? And this was back in 2004. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you. So like, so that you understand, you know, where it's coming from. Then we decided to date. Né? But because, you know, you're a virgin, you're scared and whatever. I was like, no, I, I don't want to break it like soon. I want someone who's going to marry me, whatever. And then fast forward, this man, I found out this man had a girlfriend because he wouldn't want me to hold his hand in public, you know, but mm-hmm. us to walk as friends and stuff. So, and then I found out, I was like, so why are you like, like, no, I need to tell you the truth. I have a girlfriend and she's pregnant. And then I decided to break up him fast forward um so two years later whatever we we reunited and he lied he said they were like they were over now and they no longer did like she's just the baby mama and because this was the you know guys this was the guy you know so <laughs> so the we, with the pregnant no. we ended up working in the same street ne? We rekindled the relationship. Now I know that the guy, the baby mama, is no longer baby mommy. Ne? So mind you, I was doing my postgrad during that time as well. Yeah. Right? And so, what time? I was like, listen, I'm, 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 I'm doing this research. I need to polish everything. And I really, really need to focus. Um, I'm not going to be on my phone. And he was like, oh, okay, that's cool. I don't know. I just took a break. I went on my phone. Men's was engaging. On of course. I thought you were going to say married even. He was throwing an engagement party <sighs> on a boat. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Engagement party with the baby mama. That I was told. Yes. yes. That I was told. Are you shocked? Don't be shocked. Ne? 
after that, I'm like, oh, it's done, whatever, whatever. You know what? He manipulated me, and you know what I did? Yeah. I you went back. Oh, Lord. <laughs> wow. To be young. <laughs> to be young is so nice. <laughs> Not young and naive. I, young and naive. I stayed. I stayed. I don't want to lie. And he was like, and then you know the madness was like, oh, this girl took my card and bought herself an engagement ring and organized the whole party. I didn't know. Yeah, so one like, you know, I don't want to marry her, but you know, she put, she did all of this. So I don't want to embarrass her, but it's not that cool. because, you know, yeah. I'm also dumb. I believed him. I you did. were in love, girl. And then, I remember there was, yeah, there was an episode on Generations, I remember, who Capella said to Katie, where love is blind, deaf, and dumb. This is it. <laughs> you know, I said it like that. How people wish cast of Generations before, oh, who's the guy who reshuffles Generations because they said they want more money? Mpundi. Mpundi, before he reshuffled. Before he reshuffled, the actual OG generation, Capella, no Katie, no Smoothie, so, and Odombi and them. He said to Katie when she was busy being an alcoholic with the baby, love is blind, deaf, and dumb. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, it was getting talk because then I just like I was just like to him, okay, I think we should have an open relationship, you know. You have a fiance and now I need to date, you know, and find my person. So you were basically asking him permission to go date other people and now it was out here. And then he said no, and he told me like he would kill anyone who would date me. And oh, he was, okay. He was dead as serious. So to okay. point, even if I would take pictures, he would send screenshots of who is this person. Like even the shadows, it was starting to be crazy. <laughs> I things. I was like, I'm gonna go crazy here. Let me move to Korea. When I was in Korea in 2020. This man tapped the whole essay why he was getting married. He confessed his love for me. And he's like, the reason why I'm, ma- I'm getting married right now is because you were in South Korea if you were with Bullshit. Like, come on now. And to this day, and I, I you know what? I just, I, I blocked him, whatever. For some reason, he found me on Facebook and he's sending me these things. And I'm just like, yo, guys, you're going to make your wife to go to Umaweni. Yeah, and then they're gonna lawyer you for something that I don't even know. And I was like, you know what? If you want to break your wife's heart, use somebody else, not me. Oh my goodness! No, not not actually the bottom. Oh my Can you imagine that is that is madness. That is madness. And it's like you know, I'm still with her, but I'm in love with you. No. Oh, no. And he once, no. he once told me that he will never marry me because I love to travel and I'm out there and I have too many opinions, but he loves me. And I'm like, the reason, and let me tell you something, something that he did, right? After I broke up with, with him, this man went, looked for a girl who is as tall as me, who is as dark as me, and he was dating that girl. And he sent me a picture. I don't know what kind of madness is that. But he literally gone mad. So I'm telling you guys, he went, he looked for a girl who has the same features as me. And he sent me that picture that that is his side chick now that I'm gone. Yeah, so he that was, was what? It. No, he was tall, I guess. Uh, please. 
Of course it was. It was that. <laughs> Let me tell you a story about a Tosa man in Korea, guys. There's no way. No. You see, that's um, the problem. That's the problem. You see, my I, original story, mm-hmm. yeah, Jimbo? I need, an, I, I, I need a what the hell story. Is this man mad? Okay, let me give you a what the hell story. Remember my original story I told you about a crazy man that yes. told me when I was breaking up with him, he was like, I'm the best thing that's ever happened to you. You're going to regret this. That wasn't the craziest. I lied. That wasn't the craziest. I did the mistake. While I was in Korea, I dated a Tosa man for some reason. Don't ask me what was going on, but God showed me very quickly. Listen. <laughs> so this person I meet, and we had seen each other a couple of times, like maybe two or three times. The first time I saw him, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. I want that. And he was very much like, he, he's feeling himself like he's not about it. I was like, okay, cool, let it go. The second time, it was the other way around. And for me, it was like, okay, well, now you want me. Well, I don't want you because you were acting fresh and shit, so bye, you know? The third time was a charm because we were both just like, oh, we don't give a shit. And then it just happened, like, organically. Cool. We meet in the club. We chat. We have a few smooshes, smooch, smooch. And then, um, yeah, the rest is history. We start dating from there on. This is now a two-month relationship. I want to just put that on the record because it's very important. A lot happened in two months, okay? And basically, moral of the story, we dated. Everything was perfect. I was like, this is my soulmate. I found him. Oh, yeah. Okay, everything is going great. And then he goes on a weekend away with his friends and cousin. And then there's a party that was happening. And then I'm like, he was acting weird on the phone during the weekend. So I was like, I'll talk to him afterwards. Like when he gets home, whatever, let me not be weird. And then we chat and then I'm like, I confront him. I'm like, brah, you know, you're acting a little bit weird. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what happened, but, um, you know, let me know what happened. Cause I'm not trying to look like a fool out here. I'm not a clown. Basically he tells me, and I quote, quote, unquote, I spoke to my ex-girlfriend. Ah, uh-uh, it's not the end. Wait, I spoke to my ex-girlfriend. I miss her and I still love her, unquote. I'm like, okay, so now what must happen? These are your feelings. They're valid, right? Because I'm trying to be an understanding girlfriend. I get He says it again. So I'm like, okay, so what do you expect me to do? What do you want me to, like, what is, what is my role in this, like, character development story? <laughs> He's like, I don't want to break up, but I want the time to deal with my feelings. I'm like, okay. <laughs> what deal with what and then I'm like okay but what does that mean like you want me to wait for you or something he's like yeah I'm like okay did you wait yes. wait guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry I gotta know now and I was like okay I'm like, I'm giving him space. I'm not talking to him. And I took advice from my coworker, who was a guy also at the time. Oh, my um, and God. He had a wife. And he had a wife. And that's the stop. I realized my mistakes. I'm learning as we grow, guys. I took advice from him because I told him the situation because he had met him previously. And he has a wife and kids at home. So I was like, okay, he's the closest thing to, like, a dad kind of figure that I have right now. We talk about the daddy issues another day, guys. Not for today. Um so he was like no just give him a chance like just see where this is going and whatever and i'm like okay cool fine 
within about five days, four or five days, it wasn't even a full week, I remember. I got on Instagram in the morning, as I usually do when I'm on my way to work. This man posted, it's a Monday morning, this man posted a picture of him and another girl. In this picture, he is sitting on the ground and the girl is holding his neck as of like an intimate kind of like, you know, position. I don't know if you understand what I mean. But like, she's holding yeah. his neck and they're posing for the picture, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um. So then I'm like, I text him, I'm like, okay, cool. So I guess we're over. And then he's been telling me like, yeah, we'll talk on Saturday. I'm like, I don't want you to come to my house on Saturday and tell me whatever you want to tell me, blah, blah, blah. And we're having this heated debate now. And I'm on my way to work. So imagine now I'm stressed because I'm just like, oh, now I must deal with these damn kids. Now I must deal with this emotional shit. I'm just like, I'm over it. Halfway through the day during lunchtime, because we used to have like lunchtime phone calls. People were like, oh, he was so in love. Like they have phone calls on lunchtime, whatever. I'm like, bro, if you want to break up, just let me know. Like, just let it be. This man says, I don't want to say anything. I'm like, stop being a coward. But moral of the story he basically made me wait for something that was never going to happen, number one. And then on top of it, he was like, I still love you and I still want to be with you. Can I, tell you what that, can I tell you what that man said to you? You know that um, thingy, that TikTok where like, let, let's talk about this on Monday. What is it when someone is going through something? What is it? Someone said, I'm forgetting it. It says, okay, okay. And then also on top of that, I find out the weekend that I was telling him, like, you've been acting weird and we talked about this. He was actually in the club because the people that live around the area that I was in, that know him personally, that go around the same crowds as him. I find out this man has been hitting on married women, has been hitting on people, kissing people in the club for the whole time he was dating. I was like, oh. Is he my son? Is he my son? Yeah. Hey, anyway, you guys, that day, do you know that, guys, no, you do you know when you feel up. like you found your soulmate and you feel like your whole world is shattered? <laughs> shattered. Soulmate. Were, I was, I was, I was punished. I was gone. I was a gone girl. I remember that night because I didn't sleep. Do you know when you cry? And I promised myself after the day, I was like, there's no way I will cry over a man again because what the fuck is this shit? And then I was I'm emotionally stressed. I am so confused. I was listen to me when I say I got drunk. I cried. I was like, I can't sleep. Let me go outside and take a walk. I took a walk to the local bridge that they that was close to like the apartment building I was living in. I had earphones. Listen, I was in a movie. I was in a nineties movie. I had earphones in. I was listening to Frank Ocean sitting on the bridge drinking my soju. Like it was a movie. Listen to me. Yo, guys, men will leave you in the desert dry with no water for days. No water, son. With no water. With no water. Yo, oh, so literally, I thought, I thought the craziest story I had was the man that told me that I will never find anyone like him. I was like, man, you're crazy. But definitely this one, it was another one. It was another experience. That's why I was like, also, maybe God was trying to show me, why would you leave the country in SA? To go date an SA man abroad. Stop it. Stop that shit. That was that was your first mistake. That was my first mistake, that was babe. And I realized it. Mistake. And you I know, realized it. I think the point of it all is that, you know, we were all young at some point and we all engaged in foolishness. We're not lucky. Mm. Because you know, where men are concerned or where dating is concerned, never say never. Mm. Never say never. Because you never know, it can happen to anyone. 
I would let me, I have yeah. a wild I, I I have a wild story, but honestly, I cannot share it on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it is, no one can listen. Does he listen to it? Oh, sorry. Does he listen to the podcast? I cannot. I don't even know. I don't even care. Like, I can't. It's it's that wild. It's, he definitely must listen to this podcast. It's literally that wild. But let me tell you a recent wild one that I, that I can think about. Because a lot of, like, men are always doing some, do, you know, like, are you mad kind of stuff. The one yeah. we'll talk about is uh, in May. I was seeing this guy. Oh, I'm not a. I'm. I'm not like a high to girl. To be honest, I don't care because dynamite can. <laughs> no, I don't. And it's been good not caring. But this one was like tall. He was like so so tall, as tall as a girl. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, he was attractive and all of that stuff and went out and he was charming like it, all the things were you know happening and yeah. he was you know he was he, he had money but he was on some he made it an emphasis or whatever and I, I said like I don't understand why he's making it an emphasis you know and he said that he's just telling me, you know, I don't, he doesn't expect me to pay for things. I'm like, for me, that's just like basic decency. I don't like paying for things when I'm with a man. That's crazy. yeah. But anyway, and then my birthday was coming up, but he had a work thing that came up when my birthday was coming up. And guys, on my birthday, he's like, no, we'll celebrate next week. He barely made an effort and all of that. And uh, you know the thing about this story is if I give it more context, <laughs> you have to. You have to. I'm you gotta know. Mad at the, okay, you know the man was in the business of war. Let's start there. Contextualizing it, he was in the business of war. <laughs> you, you guys know. I'm what hearing because he's a soldier. Where are you? Where are you? Yes. <laughs> And something happened the weekend where my birthday, like we were not dating yet, but he was like uh, pursuing me seriously. So, and yeah, he didn't do anything special. I understood he couldn't be there on the day, but like you know, when you can't be there and something work related is happening, try yeah. to compensate with calls and all of that. Something. Then, you know what this nigga told me? He told me he doesn't think he doesn't understand people who try to make things extra special on their birthday. I know. And that was the point. Then, the second... No way. I'm telling you guys, I I still have the text. And then the second thing was like, his job is so important. There is a war in this country. (laughs) You expect people to die because it's his birthday. He basically said that. Guys, apparently there's a war here. (laughs) Which one? Because there's a lot of things happening in Gaza right now. No, no, no. In the country that we're in right now. He's like, I'm a Are you dating? I've been here for three years and nothing has been happening. Was that a military man? Listen, but I'm telling you guys, this nigga was telling me about a war. I laughed and I never spoke to him again. Because what are you going to say? No, 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 no. Because like you don't think... And I understand there are certain people who don't care about their birthday, but you could see I'm the person I do I I do I I don't I care a lot about my birthday and everybody around me ends up knowing that I care a lot. To the yeah. point whereby the kids I teach actually got me little gifts. 
Imagine. Just imagine. To the point Kids didn't even have to do that. They had only known me for two months. Their parents brought little cute gifts. Yeah. To say... Nah, one thing, one thing I know about men, if they want to, they will. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, listen, and then I remember I became very sick on my birthday. Another guy who was trying to pursue me was like, should I send food to where you are? Yes. And yes. I'm like, and I whoops. And I whoops. And I, and and I whoops. Men will like literally, um, yeah, like nearly all men, like, yeah, have you've asked yourself, like, they'll make you ask yourself, what the hell is this? Yeah. And I want to move on to our favorite stories in this book. Yeah. Listen, I just like to say this book was very captivating. I know some people say okay. overrated, blah, 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 but I can tell you. From the minute I read the first sentence, I scroll. What's Literally. I scroll and in the mm-hmm. best way. And I'm I remember how excited I was because I think I texted you. I was like, oh my God, girl, I cannot wait to talk about this book. <laughs> Actually, Zandile had not realized how interesting the book is until she like, I was like, okay, guys, we're recording next week. Then she started, she had the pressure to read the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> realize god damn it i've been missing it's out. serious I've it's very serious missing out so my favorite book in the story i'm going to talk about kaka and, uh-huh. and you know what she says in kaka the first sentence is one night you will calmly put a knife to your husband's penis and promise to cut it off that's, and that's all she had to say Literally, that is the first sentence of the story, the first sentence of the book. And there is so much happening in the story. There is so much happening. But this is my favorite story because I just feel like she stood up for herself. Like, she, she literally, she almost cut her, she put a knife to her husband's penis and promised to cut it off. But also, it was just so funny. You know, there was a lot happening. And then this man had the audacity to call his family to report her. And then it backfired because once she started explaining why she wanted to cut this man's penis off, they're like, Anna, whoops. Exactly. You know, the story was very hectic. And I'm trying to... Actually, I don't, I don't even want to get into spoilers when it comes to this one. But at some point, you know, um, the uncle of the husband was like, Chevy, I told him not to marry you. I said marry someone from your tribe. Ibu woman, I did yeah. But it's a thing to be tribalistic there, hey? They are. Like, it really is. And one thing, it's, it's like the same thing when I was like, is he Zulu? Because mm. certain tribes are known for certain things. And I think yeah. when it comes to women and dating and whatever, there are always such comments or generalizations from people from specific countries, you know? Yeah. Uh, for me, it's like... But also for me, it also made me angry because this man, he was... They both worked when they started off the marriage. And then this yeah. man lost his job. And he never looked ever, ever again. He looked up. Got pocket money, went to drink and gamble, and came back home. Honestly, I would have hoped to throw him out. He would have came back one day, and his bags would be at the gate. Deadass. What do you mean? No, seriously. Because what are you doing not working? 
not even looking for a job. That's the thing. Like, it's different if you're working and you're looking. I can't remember if he was cheating or anything like that. I can't. No, remember. it wasn't cheating. It was the laziness. It's the fact that you literally are at home. You don't want to do anything. You see, I'm working hard. We have a child. And then you basically just, like, basically fuck it. Like, you're not trying to be part of this, like, what is this? A team. Mm-hmm. And then you're still going to have the audacity to... Uh, I'm not. I'm gonna spoil it if I say it. But like you know what I mean. This one specifically, I don't want to give any spoilers. But for me, this was my favorite story. I really like how, like, you know, she's like after school is after school when she's dealing with the family members. She's like, I'm gonna yeah. all of you guys one by one by one by one. And, and I love how she was trying to like make her daughter go away before that. But even like in black families, I don't know about other cultures, but it, actually, generally, women are not as seen as people who are not supposed to stand up for themselves culturally you know yeah. that they're supposed to listen yeah. to everything and accept everything that's given to them to be like you need to stand up for yourself at a certain point yes you always stand up for yourself you know oh you're like oh my goodness i need to keep the peace listen like break the damn bees destroy the entire thing like you know what fuck shit up it's because it's, it's because we're expected to be in bogoto the whole time because our parents were like you, you know. need to be strong you know? Can I say something with the peace thing? Mm-hmm. They say the thing of you saying you want to you want to be quiet so that you want you can keep peace, it will cost you your peace. Then yeah. you are yes. going to be to have like an internal conflict within yourself. Yeah. So you yeah. peace towards other people, you are costing yourself your peace. Exactly. Mm. So you so I live by that. And I'm like, if you have to be upset with what I've like with what mm. I have to tell you, if you have to be upset about my my boundaries, if you have to be upset about the things that I want for myself that you are not aligning with, not at least not even trying, or you just want to disrespect me, then you can go to hell. I'm sorry. Mm. Full stop, period. But it's not easy because, I mean, we all know as women, we're groomed to be people pleasers. Like, at the age of five, you're told to start practicing the dishes to yeah. for your future husband. It's like the entire heterosexual grooming machine at work, you know? Yeah. On top of that, you need to learn to cook. And sprinkle to- religion on top of it. Sprinkle religion on top of it. Like, of course. Like, literally, you need to do this so your husband can be happy. It's, it's not always so you can have a clean house. It's like, what are your in-laws going to think about you? And you know what I started saying growing up? I was like, so obviously, like, they would make it like a black thing. And I'm like, I'm going to marry a white man. And then that would shut them up. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. So no one, everybody stopped asking me silly questions about dishes and pots for marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Because white men don't expect you to do that. Yes. And that's how I started deflecting as a child already, you know, with all the pressure to say, oh, my goodness, do this, do this, do that in this way and this way for this man. It's it's not a bad thing to take your dishes to the whatever and do this and that, but it must be for me so I can keep a clean home for myself. Yeah, and the the what I hate about it the most is the boys are not taught the same thing equal exactly. It's a girl thing, you know. And it's, mm. if I can give an example, the saddest part about it is if uh, parents die and the firstborn child is a son, everyone is worried. But if the firstborn child is a daughter, they'll be like, okay, the family will be fine. Yeah, at a funeral. 
they ask, is the firstborn a boy or a girl? And if, because they know, be, and, and it's also how parents, a lot of times parents don't rely on their sons to look after them in old age, but it's women and their unpaid labor that keep economies going, families going, that Ooh, must go. Dimpo, I think this should be <laughs> for another podcast because we will go deeper on this one. <laughs> one of my problems with current economics is that it does not take Ooh. into account the unpaid labor of women. It's like chefs are world-renowned chefs who are paid well if they are men. But once it's but a women, woman, it's their duty. It's Yeah. The, social conditioning it's what we're meant to do as a man woman sprinkle some religion sprinkle some this and that sprinkle some fear mongering of saying no one is going to like you the way you are if you don't oh, God. Do so there's mm. a whole lot of that but i'm just saying that for me it really resonated with me on a deeper level yeah. i ending up for myself because i grew up a people pleaser you know, yeah. it's only over the past, I could say, five, six years where I was like around 19, 20, where I started to stand up for myself. And one of the reasons why it was very difficult for me to stand up for myself is because when you're a, par- when you're a child who grows up without parents, you're sort of like a burden. Mm-hmm. You must act right so people can look after you with their well-meaning intentions. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You must always be well-behaved. You yeah. must act right. And if you don't mm-hmm. act, there's that punishment and fear-mongering to say nobody wants a child who doesn't act right, not understanding that certain behavioral things are developmental milestones. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. and the whole thing is quite deep, you know, and it was like a pattern where through therapy, obviously going to varsity very far away from home, where I found myself, you know, and to be like, who am I outside of this environment? That's mm-hmm. called past 13 years after my mother died to act right because that's all i ever knew knew how to do to act right in school yeah to act right in life and it really impacted me as an adult because even now there are certain parts of me where i've only recently learned like zandile said to set stronger boundaries because like yeah. you know the my inner child still wants approval and that's why yeah. now when I talk to my inner child as an adult, I tell her I'm proud of you because, you know, that's not something I heard a lot. Or I only heard when I would really overcompensate or, like Zandile was saying, cost myself my peace. So yeah, now, dude. like, when they go low, take them to hell. You Stop that. Yeah. <laughs> when they get out, hand, get out of pocket. Literally, I don't be like, oh, go ahead. I, I am not a girl. When they go, take them to hell. Don't even go to the basement first. Go straight to hell. Like, you know, like, that's what, what, you, what you just said right now. And I'm so happy that you found, like, yourself after that. Okay, so I'm, I like, I really like first times. Um, do I tell the story or just, like, what I took from it? What you because, took from it? But I want to tell the story so you can understand. But I also don't want to say it. Give us a breakdown. Give us a breakdown. But, but like, okay. Um, so, okay. So, first time is basically uh, this girl that obviously fell in love with the man that was her first time, her virgin breaker, you know. Um, but obviously, there's drama that goes with it. So, I won't spoil too much of that. But what I really did enjoy about that story is the fact that aside from her realizing that as much as that man was her first time, that's not the first time that she had an orgasm. First time she had an orgasm was like 
later on, like way later on, after they had been dating on and off for like what years and whatnot, and mm-hmm. he had mistreated her and all these things. Um, but what I did like the most was her comeback at the end of the story. Yes, we expect a happy ending of some sort, but her happy ending was sort of like the beginning of her villain era in a way. And not to say that's like the most amazing thing or whatever, but it was the fact that she grew out of that whole, you know, when you have sex with someone and they like your first time and they're a virgin breaker, mm-hmm. there's a certain kind of bond that you make in your head or with them, however you want to see it. Yeah. That is sort of like, I will always cherish you or I'll always put you on a pedestal in that sense. You know? um, I just and towards, it. Yeah. I personally can yeah. relate. You know, ah. I'm so sad for you guys. <laughs> I can't. You know, I'm so sorry. Like, I have many else in life, but that one is not one I'm taking. No, nope. You're so annoying. After like, oh my goodness, I learned, it was just never that serious. <laughs> but the thing is, I also like, this thing, like the person that broke my virginity personally, it's a person that I was friends with in childhood. So it's not a thing that I'm going to be like, oh, I'm always going to be in love with you or anything. No, I have a soft spot for him. But at the same time, it's like, I don't see myself ever ending up with you like that. So it's not like, I don't want to be like, I relate to the story, but I understand. Like, you, oh, know, you get okay. it? Yeah. Um, so she basically falls in love with this man that is a virgin breaker because obviously now she has this certain attachment to him and puts him on a pedestal and whatnot and they're dating, whatever. And obviously he takes advantage and um, is always just constantly cheating on her because, you know, he uh, a species of the male and whatever. Um, but what I did really like was her comeback at the end. Um, and not to say that being becoming the villain or taking revenge is the best option ever. However, the way that she did it was like, yeah. Because, you know, also for me, for like, in terms of dating, I've learned, and even just having friends that are guys, I've in these conversations that we have, you learn a lot of things about men. Like, a man can cheat on you 50 million times. As soon as you cheat on him, and if it's even with the specific person or a certain kind of person that they might not be approving of, it will make them lose their fucking mind. You know what I mean? Excuse my language. But it's the fact that when she was, um, I don't know, taking back her power, I guess, it wasn't even a thing of like she was doing it on purpose. It sort of just kind of happened and she went with it and she actually was like, this is what I'm doing and I'm enjoying it and I'm not going to be ashamed of it, you know? Um, so I really liked her character, the way that she took power in the end because it was sort of that thing of like... do a spoiler and say what this married woman did. Okay, so basically... She was having sex with this man and like in a relationship with this man that broke virginity, right? For a long time and he kept on cheating. And then, so he had money and there was a driver involved uh, because they had money, obviously. Um, yeah. And she got her first orgasm from the driver, Ezekiel. Oh. And he quit the job, the driving job, like a month after they started hooking up or whatever. And then later on, she basically broke the news to the guy, Idris, like, boy, you need to look at my phone and my messages. Like, it's on your side of the bed. I've been trying to give hints. Yeah, I've been trying to give hints and stuff. You haven't been figuring it out. Now I'm telling you straight up, look at my phone. It's on your side of the table. Open the messages, you know? And then he saw who it was, and then he lost his mind, obviously, because men don't have emotional maturity like that. So, yeah. Um, So, basically, she was cheating on him, but 
she was keeping it low-key for a while, but she was like, she doesn't give a shit if she finds out. She actually wants him to find out so he can actually feel the kind of pain mm-hmm. and like embarrassment and sadness that she was feeling for so long in their relationship because she had just been like putting him first for so long, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I really, I really liked her character because it was the thing of like, as much as men can make you out to be like, yeah, they're going to manipulate you and make you feel like, oh, you're the best woman in the world, but they're still doing all this shit. She was literally like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm going to entertain this shit. But at the end of it all, I want you to know that you ain't shit. You did nothing for me. You broke my virginity. You made me love you and all these things. You didn't break me. I can do exactly the same thing to you and even worse. I don't even have to do it with multiple men. I can do it with just one man and you lose your fucking mind. Do you understand? So... I really liked her, Ivy. She was have my you character. Ever done that to like you? I have have I ever done revenge yes. cheating? Yes. I love it. <laughs> Listen, the, you know, debating, they say in this house, in this house, I support women's wrongs. Yes. House. I'm not going to lie about it. We have been there. I've, I've seen all types of men all over the... Um, I've done the revenge cheating. Was it good for my mental health? Definitely not. Was it very satisfying at the time? Definitely is. Oh my um, god, I love it. I like <laughs> when revenge comes with happiness. Yeah, but like that's the thing. It's not a thing that you can just be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play all these niggas, whatever. It's an emotional toil on you. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but he felt what I've been feeling for the past couple of months, and for him, it felt even worse because, as you know, men don't have the emotional capacity that women apparently have. Which I also find is bollocks, but at the same time, it's the society no, that we live Why do don't they have the emotional capacity to process emotions? But they because have they've, been raised, they've been raised in a certain way. I'm saying one of the reasons why I think that's a bunch of nonsense is because why do they then have the emotional capacity to decide which countries go to war and when these countries go to war to decide exactly. economies, you know, yeah. inflation rates and all of that. But all of a sudden, they don't have the emotional capacity to say, I love you, I care about you, or, you know, all of that stuff. Like, yeah. me, it's on, and you know what? Um, they like suffering under the patriarchy, and yeah. you know, it's where they should be, because if, 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 you, if you validate certain things in patriarchy, they will backlash on you, and it's exactly what you deserve, to be honest. Because for exactly. me, literally, because for me, the patriarchy means my livelihood is at stake, you know? As a mistake, yeah. then you're out. Or it means a pay disparity. And for you, it just means you can't cry in public. Please get a grip. You see? So that was the, my favorite story. And her character really just like, I don't know. It just very much like solidified, like as much as men always doing this shit to us, we can still do it worse. And they will definitely feel more worse than us, which is crazy. But at the same time, it's like, why is your ego so tiny that you can't handle one person that I'm cheating on you with? And you've been doing all these things. She literally walked in on him having sex with the helper when she was in labor. Oh my Do you understand goodness. that? I w- like, that's I w- one spoiler. No. I'm sorry, but... I w- no, sorry. I would have to slap That's only it. one of the situations, not the others, just one. There's you understand? So like, emotional just that like, figuratively, no. I would have to throw him out the window or something. No ways. Bruh. It's just like a no for me. You've I been having sex with this person this whole time and you've never had an orgasm, just a baby. But nah. Imagine having 
like I was telling you about the orgasm gap that there are women who ha- imagine having given birth and you don't know what an orgasm is. <laughs> like, imagine. Just imagine. And there is a huge percentage of that. There are actual statistics to back that up. Literally, the orgasm. You gap. see, which is crazy for me because that means it's basically proving the like stereotype that men are selfish. How is it that you've been having sex with? Isn't it like also a bit of religion whereby we as, um, what is it? Like women are, t- women are not taught that sex is for their pleasure. It's like men yes. focus on sex being about reproduction. Yes. Aligning the... And we studied this in varsity, yes. And we studied this in varsity. And... Uh, yeah, and it's like quite a huge thing, you know, this thing of, and I think Zandile would like to actually speak on this, about how women are taught that, um, you know, sex is not really for their pleasure, and that's why the orgasm gap is so huge, even amongst women who've given birth. Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yes, yeah. that's what we're bringing in. <laughs> yeah, because, oh, Sarah, you know. The, to, the, the, to talk the, about the, that, because we know that's something you're very passionate about. Like when you know, um, I know also I said my story is sidelined. I was raised in a home that wasn't too Christian, but also the values that you guys were mentioning in terms of like women basically have to be caregivers for men and men have to go out and get work and find money and whatnot. That's the like general stereotype of being raised in a black home, and I was raised like that. Sandile, mm, mm. are you on the line to be able to? Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I'm so sorry, I can hear you. My yes, internet is network, but I get it nonsense together today. Just the devil, the devil is trying us today. Yeah. Um, he wants to leave so, us in the desert, no water, basically. He's, he must be a man. <laughs> so he, I must be. It makes sense. He must be a man. <laughs> Zandile? Yeah, so with, with that, like, I grew She's up. still here? Can you hear me? Yes. A little bit. We are waiting for you to give us your favorite story and why. Okay, so I know that I said it's sidelined, but no, 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 no. I thought about it, but it's almost complex. Because this book, listen, you need to read this book. You'll understand that every story is your favorite story. (laughs) So you love all of them. Oja Poo's Complex, I, I don't know if I'm saying this right, by the girl, her name is Jide. The, uh, yeah. she, she was on an airplane and there was this old woman that said like she wants to sit with her son. Ooh, and then the son was mama's boy, right? And he was living by his mother's rules and he couldn't make his own decisions. Um, I like that story because at the end of the day, that girl managed to stand up for herself and she chose herself, right? And that's weird. And, and I found that so glorious because I was like, you know, we live in an area where like, oh, I would say, it, like people want to be married so bad. I don't know, but yeah, yes. that pigmation situation that is going on there and people will literally be in relationships and be in marriages that it, like it just doesn't make sense like do yeah. you even want to be there do you want to do that it's just like you're looking at your age you're like oh my god i'm nearly 30 or i'm after 30 i need to be married right you look at this girl uh i think her parents are 
you know, professors and they wanted her to study geology. Then she changed and then she, she, she makes her own choices. Like she puts herself first, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, and then she wanted to be a writer and she loved it so much and she didn't care about what her parents wanted for her. And at the same time, I, I related with the story so much because I wanted to be an artist, like in a, in a sense of like drawing and painting, and my mm. parents hated that, especially my dad hated that. Like every time he would see me with this sketching book, he would lose his mind, guys. To a point, like I didn't draw for like straight 10, 10 years or over a decade. Yeah. Because he killed that. Like we like, you cannot be an artist. How are you going to make money with it? It's a useless career and stuff like that, you know? So I had to go to university. Like I didn't, I didn't stand up for what I really wanted because yeah. of, you know, his opinion and his approval. And the other part of like, my, I was, I had this conversation with him, but now he's old and, you know, and I was not mad at him because I, I need, I had to take myself to therapy because he like black households are so toxic. People don't understand. He killed a part of me. Like he killed, like he silenced me into a point where I, I felt like I was not enough. You know what I mean? So to everything that I do, I don't do it because I want to do it. I do it because I want to prove it to you that I can do it and can do it like better than you. So what he did, is I, I have brothers, right? So he used to say to me, I can never be like one of my brothers because, you know, he's smart and he's like this, you know, and, you know, he's a teacher, of course, but he's like, he's, he's educated, you know? And, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to even do it better than him. And I was like, there was this like internal thing, hatred that I had that my brother didn't even know that I hated him for that. And I'm just like, who parents are so toxic. So going back to this girl, like, I like that. She just like, fuck it. I don't care what my parents want. I'm going to do this, you know? And I'm looking back at my life. I'm like, what if I just said, fuck it. And then went and, and paint, you know, and, and do what I really, really wanted to do. So going down further, she, um, she decided to date this guy, right? This guy is incredible, whatever, but they don't go to the place. They don't go where he stays. And then she asks like, Hey, we never go to your place. Where do you stay? And he's like, Oh, I'm staying with my mother. And then they go to the mother's house and you know, and then the story described on her outfit, you know, on, you know, when you're going to meet someone's mother as black women, especially African, you know how you're going to present yourself. Me personally, I will cover my head, even if I'm not married, simply because, yeah. you know, and I will wear a long dress and cover my shoulders. It's just, I would just dress like that, right? And yeah. she tried to be modest. This woman didn't like her at all, regardless of how she, like, how she was. Like, she tried to look good and be respectful. She just didn't like her because she was not what she would have wanted her son to, to marry, you know? And place, oh, yeah. parents didn't raise you well. Why are you wearing like this and whatever? Why do you look the way you look and whatnot? Like, she was just being nasty. And she was like, I don't know if you know how to cook this. My son loves eating this and whatnot. And the guy was there not, 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 um, 
you know, n- not, not defending anything. Her. What is the word? Not defending her, you know, like, and she's like, mom, what are you doing? And this goes back to people's pleasing. It starts like mm-hmm. that. Listen to your elders. They're always right. So you, you, you keep quiet all the time. You should be quiet and keep listening. And so the girl, uh, you know, decided to be mad at the man, which I officially understand. I was going to do the same thing. Like, you yeah. know, sit here and let your mother disrespect me like that. And she comes back the second time, she made it worse. Girl came came back like, you know, yeah, she dressed how she would love to dress, like normally I show some skin, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like she did it for me. And I was like, I love it for you. This show is like, I was like, and I'm like, and when I'm reading this story and the person that I am now, and I'm like- Like she was proving a point. I'm literally her. Did we lose her? Can you guys hear me? I'm going to have to involve the anointing. Oh, my goodness. The anointing. Can you hear <laughs> me? Like, God, I'm a sinner, but please help. Help. <laughs> <laughs> I Hello? Literally. Um... But I get what she's saying, though, because yes. in the sense, like, you know, when you just, like, feel like you have no power because also, like, at the age that we're in right now and the time that we're living in, we're told so much and we experience so much of you have to unlearn certain things in order to change the kind of relationships that you want to have in certain aspects of your life, in certain, like, areas at work, in, like, love and stuff. There's so many things that we are unlearning as we speak right now Ooh, that it's, it's so hard you, because it's, like, you don't. You feel like on some level, I'm I'm healing from past traumas or experiences. I'm living at my childhood that I didn't have properly, mm-hmm. and at the same time, it's like I'm trying not to disappoint my parents. But at the same time, it's like, but I'm living for my. I have to live for myself as well without mm-hmm. it because you know our parents are stuck in that Abantubazotini syndrome. They love that mm-hmm. thing of what are the people gonna say when you do this and that. Like so, I get why Uzandi actually liked that story because it was literally a thing of like as much as. Like, I feel like that girl on some level was the reason that she actually stood up to the mother or potential mother-in-law was the fact that she has already gone through the stress of standing up to her own parents about what she Yay. wants for her. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> why are you going, why am I going to be going and changing my shit back to what my parents thought would be okay for someone else's parent, especially for a man? Like, I've already gone through the sacrifice for myself to actually and make my parents understand that I'm living my life for myself. And I've gone through that. I've set the boundaries. Why am I going to do it for a man? It doesn't make sense. If he wants that, he will do it. Yes. I have a so I feel like I understand why, like, Uzandi actually likes that character because she's literally the epitome of, as much as I love you, I love myself more. Mm -hmm. I've started living my life for myself, and I'm not going to stop because I love you. That's not how it goes. If you love me as I am, then you should be able to explain to your mother why you love me as I am. And you should be able to explain why you're not going to marry a person from your own tribe because she thinks it's the right thing to do because you love me and you understand me for the person that I am. And not expect me, yes, and not expect yeah. me to change because, oh, if your mother is If a man exactly. you, you're fucked. She's actually the character, to be honest. Yeah, you picked well. I love her so much. Honestly, mm-hmm. no. Honestly. And wow, in a few sentences, ladies, actually, because time, honey. Oh, this time, yeah, okay, okay. Like a kite. 
Yeah. I've heard about your favorite stories and characters. You guys, are they one and the same thing? Your favorite stories and characters? There's one more, actually, that I'd like to bring up before, you know, I ask you guys what is your advice to your 18-year-old self. I want to talk about international relations. You. And, um, guys, I relate to the story so much. It says, I'm tired of Lagos men. Well, I'm tired of all of them. <laughs> All of them, that's it. All of them. All of them. She's saying the standard Lagos man package comes with lying, cheating, and occasional scamming alongside stylish captain splashes of Sauvage and fake accents. Do you know what's funny about this? It can relate to most men anywhere in the world. (laughs) Anywhere. That's what I was about to say. I feel like this is all men, though. There are so many men where if we look within our different contexts, you know, we relate to this. But I yeah. think story, what I liked is that, you know, she wanted to date, um, she wanted to stop dating black men and basically start dating white men, you know. And she was very yeah. Like she started jogging where white people were going to restaurants that were known uh, to they were known to be places where white visit, white people would go and socialize. She was very, very intentional. And I remember I said this to Q before that one of the reasons why I love this story is because she was very intentional about what she wanted. Yes. Besides that, in any single aspect of your life, if you say you want to achieve something, people are going to what advice, what steps you should take to reach that goal. But once you start talking about things in the romantic department, people will tell you about waiting. And they'll, they'll start giving you all sorts of silly, foolish advice, according to me. And I've said this before, that if, why, why shouldn't I put myself out there, you know, if I want to be in a relationship, yeah. you know? It's and because you're a woman. And one thing about is that, what must I do with my desires for romantic companionship right now? Must I put them in a, you know, in a glass and then, in a deep, and then put them in the deep freezer? Yes, in a box. What do I need to do? I need practical advice. So why shouldn't you be taking actionable steps to attain the romantic life you want, you know, for yourself? Yeah. But also, I think it's the whole Disney thing where... They to say once you meet the love of your life, everything will be okay. Like the Cinderella syndrome of one, waiting to be saved by a man, basically. I think that's what the Cinderella syndrome is. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's deceiving because even when you meet the love of your life, you're gonna have to work through some things, and some of those things you might not be able to work them out. Yeah. Because relationships take work. Any healthy relationship, romantic, platonic, you're going to have to work because we're two different people with two different backgrounds. You know, you don't just meet the love of your life and then it's happily. And then it happens. Yeah. You know, and everything. But that's the thing. Like, I feel like that's that's the problem. Like, and I don't want to go straight into the dating advice right now, but at the same time, that's technically partial of why our generation is like this and there's so many madmen out there is because. Why people have this thing in their head, like, you have options. Mm-hmm. It's no longer the same time as when my grandmother was alive and she was married to my granddad for, like, 60-something years and they had nine kids. That is not why we live in a time of technology. You have no, a girlfriend, no. boyfriend, you go on social media, you see someone finer than them and you're like, oh, they look fun. They're posting videos of them being clowns, being nice, being funny, being caring. 
and you're like, this is it. This is the package I want. But also you forget that's not all the options you have. The option you have is actually building something with someone and people don't want to have that chance. But I want to interject you. The reason why our grandmother stayed is because relationship was directly related to economic power. Okay, true. Bank account without a man. They didn't stay because it was all handy and cappy. That's why, like men back then, they had two families, one in the rurals and one in the city. They were also... No, but guys, no. They want to. They could have five. Yes, but guys, no. In my defense, I will defend my grandparents because they were both teachers. They both worked until the end of... In terms of, like, they had to be begged both to retire. So, like, that's the thing. I hold a relationship to the standard of them as much as I'm like, yes, I have a mother and she's been married before and, like, she's a widow or whatever. But, like, the relationship I will hold to a standard will be my grandparents because why? They had all those kids. They were both working until retirement. And it wasn't even the thing of, like, yeah, it was just my grandma depending on him for, like, okay, the financial support. No, she was also a teacher. Like, being a teacher back in that day was the actual occupation. I understand that, but I'm just saying that I know, I, I understand the specific context you're giving us on yeah. the but I'm saying that also part of the reason why women didn't have options was economy. It because, okay. it was, and you yeah. know that, you know. Yes, yeah. people yeah. were there for the lab, but men back then, oh gosh, they, men have been moving wild on is this until the end of time. And now I want to get to the part where if you were to meet your 18-year-old self, I want to start with Zandi. Zandile on the I would um when I look back at my life at 18, I was um I would say I would say to myself, be you, baby girl. Yeah. Be, I was like, be you, you know, because I lived under so many shadows, you know, and simply because I was afraid not to belong. And because I was, I was, it was hard for me to accept who, you know, what I am truly, you know, to be myself authentically, because, you know, um, I, I was living under, you know, being African and then, and then also being religious. And then like, I lived my life wanting to be strictly like Jesus, you know, and I, and, you know, if you read your Bible and you know how Jesus was, so it's kind of hard to be like that, right? So, yeah. so I, was, I, was, I was setting myself to that standard because, again, I, I just didn't understand who I was, right? And even if when I was praying, even if when I wanted to understand and, and to talk to God, and be, I was just a confused, lost soul, but to the eyes of the world, like when I go to church, the eyes of the church, everybody will be like, oh, be like her, you know, compliments from people, people like me on the outside, people will compare me like with their kids and, and they will tell the kids to be like me. But knowing that me, like by myself, knowing that inside I'm, I'm fighting, you know, I'm fighting with myself, but I was, I was living to get approval from others, like mm-hmm. approval from my parents, approval from the church. And even if when I was out of that environment and now I'm in university, I'm trying to be a black woman who's independent. I was also looking for approval from uh, friends, approval from boyfriends, you know? 
came to Korea, it was the same thing to want to be approved to a, like, I would literally make myself shrink and not speak about what I need simply because I want to hold up like the standard that I have, I have to set for myself, you know, with the people that I meet, I've met the coolest people ever. And I like them very much, even if they would hurt me, because I want to keep this friendship, because I want to keep this person in my life. It was hard for me to break, you know, those things. And, and I was like in a shadow for such a long time. So, and, and when I look back, I would just be like, be yourself. Yeah. And because... You know, you only live once and and you when you look at your life, sometimes we make mistakes and we make these like clumsy mistakes. Like we we we're being we're being clumsy because again we we don't know what we're doing. And most of the time it's because we don't know who we are. Like and when you don't know who you are, it's because like you're not yourself. That's why you don't know who you are. You know, and this is what is happening to a lot of people. When you ask a person, who are you? Like beside your job, beside the kind, the kind of money you make and beside your makeup, beside, beside your followers on Instagram or on TikTok, whatever, who are you? Like okay. people will never tell you that. You know what I mean? But I am glad that, you know, I'm where I am. I know who I am right now. And I, you know, yeah, and I, I would advise everybody like to just you know channel yourself, your inner self. Just work with your your inner you. Try to understand who you are as a person and what you need. So, and if you if you understand that, literally you will see bullshit early. You will literally yeah. see bullshit early. You won't you won't be able to you know go through depression or stress like how you used to because you see things very clear because you're looking things with a like you're looking at the things with a with a clear mind you know what I mean and yeah I would just say like be yourself baby girl it's okay be yourself I wish I wish I I wish you had told me this when I was eighteen you thank you no. <laughs> <laughs> like damn okay um. My advice to myself would be um, you need to set your boundaries, number one. Like Ozandi said, your boundaries are going to set you up for who you are, who you become, what you do, your discipline, everything. You know, um, Set your boundaries and don't be afraid to say no. Mm-hmm. A lot of the situations that I found myself in is because I was scared to say no because what are they going to say? What am I like? What kind of person am I going to look like if I back out now? I've already said yes, blah, blah. No, your mission in life is not to make people happy. It's to stay true to yourself. So don't be afraid of boundaries. And number two, your mom was right. Men will waste your time. Don't take it lightly. Yes. She's an adult and she's lived all through this shit and she knows everything. She's not trying to kill your fun. Men will waste your time. And I. it wasn't even just men, just like friends as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, obviously, this is dating advice. So men will waste your time. Don't just, like, invest in yourself first before you invest in a man. Like, they will waste your time. Your parents weren't wrong. And you should have seen a clear sign from your dad first. You shouldn't have been like, I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm being so serious. It's shady, but I'm being so serious. Like that should, it's one of the things that I've like actually said, I've sat down with myself recently with the whole healing process and everything. And I'm dealing with stuff. It's one of the things that have actually caught my attention 
in terms of how naive we are as young people and because of the surroundings that we have because it's like your mother's gonna be like no you must have a relationship with your daddy blah 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 because it's your dad if he dies you're gonna cry and you're in there you know what i mean and i love my mom but at the same time i'm like part of the healing process is talking to her and confronting her as well like girl you said all this sh- but you know this man i met him in my adulthood now i'm like i've talked to him Men will waste your time, whether it's your absent dad, whether it's a boyfriend, whether it's someone that you thought was your soulmate that you're going to marry, whether it's someone that you were like, he's my longtime friend and I feel like I might be ending up marrying him. It doesn't matter. Men will waste your time. Focus on yourself. There's nothing that you can gain from wasting your time from a man besides a lesson, but there's everything you can gain from spending time with yourself and understanding what it is you want. Half the time, you're not going to know what the fuck that it is that you want, what you're doing. However, you're going to learn something from that, and that's going to be more valuable than any heartbreak that you will ever get from a man. I promise you. Mm. So mm. it's just like I I would have told myself, set your boundaries. Don't be afraid to say no. It's okay. You can't please everyone, and your purpose is not to fucking please everyone. That's also important. Mm. But um, set your boundaries and don't let men waste your time. Friends as well, but also mostly men, because it's you're really gonna look back and be like, wow, actually, mm. why did I do that? Invest in yourself, set boundaries, and don't allow men to waste your time. Ooh, we got it, girl. <laughs> No, no again and again. Almost like, yeah. I just like that. First time, not the second time. You girl, I would just be there listening to you. (laughs) Um. Okay. For me, my first advice to myself was relax. You know. I I can give you this advice right now. Oh my god. Relax. No, no, no. I didn't know how to relax when I was younger. It's the whole having to be, to act right because Mm. your whole life, you know, yeah. So when you don't have parents, you know, that act right. I didn't know how to relax. Yeah. Uh, Just relax. And that, you know what? Uh, Things are going to be okay. Things are going to get better. Uh, I mean, people said it, but I didn't believe it. You know, I wish I had believed that. And the third thing is that just because people are your family does not mean they give a fuck about you. Yes. Just because people are your family and just because people are your family doesn't mean you should give a fuck about them. Yes, ma'am. Because I think there's a lot of traumatic things we endure from family. And I say that from a very personal thing. Like I said, you know, when you grow up and you don't have parents and you have to be the act and lying child all the trauma, the continuous trauma, actually. Uh, You feel like, you know, that blood is thicker than water. No, 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 no. But through my life experiences, yes, obviously there are family members who've been there with me through everything, but my friends have been there. Guys, my friends have been the real MVPs. They have been my freedom fighters, my mpagodos, my high highs, low lows, even the people I'm no longer friends with, there was so much value, wisdom, and whatever they brought into my life, you know? Yeah. So it's okay uh, not... And also, it's okay not to, like, give a fuck about people, even if they're your family. And the last thing I want to say is that it's okay not to know what you're doing, you know? Yeah. And 
Because social media has this whole microwave thing. It's an instant culture where things just happen. And it makes you feel isolated for not reaching certain markers and certain peaks and all of that stuff. And you feel like you are the only one not reaching certain things. You're the only one who doesn't know what they're doing. And the honest truth is most of us, and if you know what you're doing, good for you. But in your 20s, that's your time to take chances, you know, to learn things. And not to just learn from other people's experiences, but also to try certain things. Because there are things that we think we want that we realize, actually, this thing is not for me. You know, mm-hmm. but when it comes to me, it's not for me. So that's what I would say to my 18-year-old self. And um, ladies, thank you so much for being generous with your time. Yeah. For joining the community. Because once you come onto the podcast, you know we're a community. And of you're course. Gonna back. You're going to have to be back to discuss something maybe funnier, sad, sadder, or crazier. We yeah. <laughs> We thank you for having me. Like, it's such an honor, guys. You don't understand. Like, you know, sometimes you think like, oh, shame, I'm just playing. There's nothing serious, you know. And Mm -hmm. for me, for you to pick me, I mean, you could have chosen anyone else. Anyone, yes. But there was something that was like, you know, I want to talk to Zandi. And for the fact that, you know, I've never actually spoken to you before. Like, nothing like, like, you know nothing there's nothing you know what i mean mm. and you you picking me you know i'm sorry i'm gonna sound like a mission right now <laughs> yeah i'm so i'm so grateful um because i'm i'm very i'm a very opinionated person like i literally have opinions about everything so <laughs> Uh, I'm grateful that, you know, I'm, I'm on your podcast and, you know, yeah. Thank you, girl. Just to take your time. And I hope the listeners had fun and not everything. This is not a place where you come if you want to be comfortable about everything. This is not what we do here. There are some things that are going to make you uncomfortable and some things that are going to make you think but the whole point of this is we want to help each other grow as a community and we this is a labor of love you know i hope it pours into you as much as it pours into me please subscribe on all the platforms spotify apple and share it with everybody you know Mm, of course we hear yeah. that share we hear that's follow and share the podcast uh and if you want to engage with me i am mostly active on my personal instagram at dimpotepa uh d-i-m-p-h-o-t-h-e-p-a and that's where you also get insights about all the madness that i end up speaking about here on the podcast and from your host dimpotepa mudogolowaditao Have a lovely day. Okay, it's...